Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV, and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to tell you that the chat room is open. And uh, you can join us there if you're listening live. And that my guest today is Betty Jo Tucker. She's a film critic and an author. She's done scores, I mean scores and scores of film reviews. She's written four books. She has her own blog talk radio show called Movie Addicts. I'm going to tell you just a whole lot more about her in just a few moments. But first, let me ask you to go ahead, reach out, invite somebody else to listen right now, wherever you're listening. Uh, grab them by Twitter, or by, it, <laughs> Twitter, by Twitter, email, Facebook, telephone, in person. Uh, go ahead and uh, invite somebody to listen. Also, all of these interviews come to you absolutely free. This is a resource for you, professionals sharing their expertise. They're know-it-all. They're know-how. They're how-tos. They're what-to-do. They're what-not-to-do with you absolutely what we ask of you is to leave comments during the show at the end of the show right there at the blog talk radio player as well as at the itunes store because all of these interviews are also available as podcasts at the itunes store rate and review them it helps us extend our reach to other listeners other film fans other filmmakers who may not be aware of the show also, all of these interviews are archived right there at RexSykes.com. That's the official website of RexSykes Movie Beat. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. That's my name. I'm your host. And uh, it's a pleasure for me to be able to bring you these interviews. And uh, my guest, just a moment, as I said, we'll have uh, Betty Jo on. Let me uh, tell you a little bit about her now. And thank you for tuning in, and thank you for listening live or archived. Because of a passion for film, Betty Jo and her husband Larry see almost 200 movies a year. She currently serves as editor and lead critic for Real Talk Movie Reviews and writes film commentary for the Colorado Senior Beacon. Her reviews and articles have appeared in the Pueblo Chieftain, the Omaha Family Newspaper, Seal Yourself Magazine, and NBC's News First Online and the Romance Club website. Betty Jo hosts Movie Attic Headquarters and Blog Talk Radio and has discussed films on Real Talk Movie Reviews. The Real Deal Writing About Movies is her online course, and it's offered through the Long Story Short School of Writing and can also be purchased as an e-book. She was the Dean of Humanities at San Diego Mesa College, and during that time, she supervised the expansion of the film studies curriculum designed and exploring human values through film course and coordinated the Real to Real Film Forum program and performed with a Mesa a musical comedy touring troupe. During her career as an entertainment journalist, Betty Jo has interviewed such stars and filmmakers as Susan Sarandon, Ian McClellan, Angelina Jolie, Aiden, Aiden Quinn, Barry Boswick, Tony Shalhoub, Fred Willard, 
Aaron Eckhart, M. Night Shaman, Oliver Parker, Brendan Frazier, Chen Tag, uh, Rachel Griffiths, Douglas McGrath, Hector Elizondo, and Annette Benning, and many, many more. Uh, she belongs to the Online Film Critics Society and is a founding member of the San Diego Film Critics Society. She's a published author. She's got uh, four books. She's got uh, 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 Confessions of a Movie Addict, Susan Sarandon, A True Maverick, uh, which has received rave reviews from film fans and critics alike. And then she's got the uh, Romance Club ebook, It Had to Be Us, that uh, she and her husband authored um, under pseudonyms of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence. Uh, they were honored at the Hollywood 2006 Hollywood Book Festival as the winner in the ebook category. Um, and Susan Sarandon, a true maverick, received honorable mention in the wildcard section of the 2007 book club. So uh, there's some information on Betty Jo. We're going to bring her on right now. Betty, are you there? Good morning, Rex, and thank you for that great introduction. Well, you are an amazing and uh, talented writer and uh, prolific in all that you do. So how many how many interviews have you conducted or written Interviews? How many? Oh my gosh! I don't. I mean, I'm not I, good I, I at mean, math. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I mean, I, I, not you, not as many as I would like. How, how about if I answer it that way? I I just I, love I, interviewing people like you do. <laughs> well, I, I misspoke. Actually, I was going to say how many reviews have you written? But but you've done numerous interviews, and you've done even more reviews. Well, um, and I don't I don't keep track of the of the number, but. Uh, we have to do at least one review a week, a published review a week, to uh, keep our membership up in the Online Film Critics Society. And so I've been a member of that society for, I think, about eight or nine years. And so we'll count that up, you know, one, at sure. least one. I know I must have done more than one. And uh, so it's it's a lot. I, I think it's close to a 1,000. That is that is amazing. I, I I wasn't sure if I had a number somewhere. I have, um, you know, that that you are one of the lead uh, film critics for Real Talk Movie Reviews, and they've they've got uh, something like over thirty five hundred film reviews as well. So, well, um, we're they, we're they, up they, to about we're we're up to about uh, thirty nine hundred now. I, wow. I think the last one I posted, and of course that that includes my uh, wonderful colleagues. Uh, Diana Sanger and um, and uh, Donald Levitt and Frank Wilkins and Misha Zubarov and um, uh, let's see how and then I've got uh, two more that are that are uh, very very prolific also so it's not all my reviews so that's why I say I have about a thousand a thousand of those uh, thirty nine hundred probably are are mine and oh I forgot to mention. A.J. Hockery and Richard Jack Smith, and um, I think that I, I hope I didn't forget anybody. You know how they how how they feel when they're accepting Oscars, and they don't uh, remember. Yeah, and then they don't remember someone, and then they get in a lot of trouble. But um, yeah, we're really proud of the of, uh, the Real Talk uh, review movie review site because we not only have the we not only have the reviews, but we also have the feature articles, too, that uh, include interviews and uh, information about, right now, it's mostly information about um, the upcoming shows for Movie Addict Headquarters, which is kind of taking over my life lately, uh, as you well know when you're doing a radio show. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, absolutely. Now, you have your own radio show. It's a, a blog talk radio as well, and it's the Boomy Addict Headquarters. And, uh, right. and so you post that. And, and uh, um, I thought I posted the link. I've got you. I, I have the link on uh, your biography page on my website to, uh, to your official website, which is BettyJoeTucker.com. BettyJoeTucker.com. And that is b e t t y j o t u c k e r dot com, and uh, that has uh, links to uh, your site and, and and your books and your course and everything. But I also have the Real Deal Writing About Movies ebook linked up, and I've got the Real Talk Movies reviews on my site. I will go ahead also and put the Blog Talk. I, I thought I had the Blog Talk uh, link so that people can access that easily as well, right from from your biography page on my site. Well. So, Thank you so much. I just appreciate that. Uh, and um, I, I want to tell you, too, how much I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your show. I'm just awed at how you're able to do this practically every day. I mean, this past week or last week you had, what, four shows? I mean, I do one a week, and I think um, I'm overworked. <laughs> Yeah, I, this week will be four. We this week, and I've done as many as eight shows a week. And uh, uh, but I really try to do one or two. It's just that I, in trying to accommodate for guests and their schedules, I, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't stick to my guns very much. I guess I guess I have boundary issues. I let people walk all over me, and so I end up with four shows a week. But you know what? Well, Every you're, so, you're so nice. <laughs> I can see. I can see why. But I did want to say a little bit more about Movie Addict Headquarters. It uh, yes, it um, airs practically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, and um, my. Uh, producer is Nikki, the fantastic Nikki Starr, and my assistant producer is the equally fantastic Daniel Dyer, and I have a variety of people who serve as co-hosts. Uh, Jazz Shaw is one, Morgan Lawrence is is another, uh, A.J. Hockery, the mad movie man, sometimes co-host, and film historian James Colt Harrison and film critic Diana Sanger come on every once in a while to co-host. I've just been blessed with the people that have helped out helped out with Movie Addict Headquarters, and like you, just amazed at the at the quality of uh, guests that that are willing to come on the show. Um, did you think when you started out to do this show that you would be able to get uh, people on your show like Joe Dante, who's coming up, right? <laughs> and and right. so Joe's many directors and actors and screenwriters. I think it's just so exciting, Rick. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, and to answer your question, <laughs> Uh, you know, I did actually. I mean, what what uh, the goal had been to to have a place where I would have a nuts and bolts show for filmmakers, and I started with my friends, you know, my own connections, and asked people, you know, and there were over a hundred or so of those. I just said, you know, would you be willing to go on a show? And they said, yeah. And it ju- it just keeps growing because they refer their friends and people that I do know or don't know, and and it, so it, it has mushroomed and. Uh, very much so, and I'm very pleased and very proud. And um, and you should be anybody, definitely. Well, 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 as like with you, I mean, you're a guest. You're coming on and you're talking and you're sharing your expertise and you're doing it. You know, from none of my guests and yourself charge a fee to do this. You know, you're sharing with people who have an interest in 
in your area of expertise, and you're sharing right, and they, may, 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 and you're learning, I just say, right. learning from them. This is this is what's uh, what's really uh, exciting to me too. Uh, first thing that I um, did on on Blog Talk Radio was simply have 15 minutes of me just giving a uh-huh. review of a film. And then pretty soon people, uh, you know, said, well, you you know, why not some guests? And so we started getting guests and we extended to a half an hour. And now it's 45 minutes. 45 minutes is about my attention span. So sometimes <laughs> we'll do, we'll run, you know, we'll run for a full hour. But to be able to get people like uh, Cloris Leachman to come on the show, Debbie Reynolds to come on the show, okay. Tony Curtis, by the way, I think we had his last interview before he passed passed away that, that on, on the show. So it's that's so awesome. It's just incredible. I I just still find it hard to believe and, and I'm just so so happy and feel so blessed to have such cooperation and to be able to to have these contacts and to actually get to speak to them in, in person and uh to enable them to share their expertise and their experiences with people who love movies uh, just as much as I do. Well, you have an impressive array of guests, that is for sure. And just as a side note, I was I was in discussions with Tony about having him on the show prior, to, just prior to his death. So, oh. uh, yeah, he he was like, "Yep, okay, cool," and then he got sick, and then and then we kind of lost touch. You know, I mean, nothing happened, and then he. Uh, and then he passed away. So you know, kudos to you. I've got I've got to go listen to the interview with Tony. Well, he's I've been a fan he was so he was cool. so generous with his with his opinions. And uh, like me, he's a you know up, he was in his eighties, and he he was having a, a hearing problem, and so there were some some things that happened on the show that were. Um, you know, humorous because of the of the uh-huh. hearing problem. But he was great. I mean, he was he was really really great, and we felt so so fortunate to have him on the show. And Chorus Leachman, um, it really wasn't an interview. It was more a uh, comedy ambush. <laughs> she just kind of took over the show. And, you know, she oh, brought her cool. son along because he's her manager, and uh, any plans that we had for an interview were just kind of. <laughs> You know, whatever Cloris wanted to do, she she said her birthday was coming up, so we all sang happy birthday to her. When we finished, she said, uh, "That's the worst singing I've ever heard." <laughs> <laughs> and then she pretended like she was having, um, no, maybe maybe someone did serve her some soup, but she pretended like she was chewing celery, you know, while eating the soup and all. Oh, but wow. in between all of that. She did have some share some wonderful experiences of working with uh, with Mel Gibson and Harvey Corman. Not Mel Gibson with Mel Brooks and Harvey Corman. I don't think she ever did work with Mel Gibson. But anyway, she was she was quite enlightening and uh, you know a, a very fascinating guest to have. But but there were there were no plans that we had that were followed followed up on it was just it was chorus and so you never can tell what you're going to get when you're when you're uh, live uh interviewing people on the radio but but that makes it exciting too doesn't it rex it surely does it is it is uh 
the surprise of the spontaneity of it is is uh, also what is uh, very charming about doing what we do. Um, exactly. I think go ahead and chat room i put the the link for uh, movie attic headquarters the blog talk radio show people can search it they can look it up on the internet they can google it or they can go to blog talk and type in betty joe tucker and we'll have access to your show uh, thank and you recording shows as well. so it is, it's in the chat room i will like, attach it also to the biography page let, let me ask you this um you know i kind of touched on it that you know you, you know how did you get into deciding that you wanted to review Film. I mean, because reviewing film is different. I mean, I talk about films and talk about what to do and what not to do, and people will always ask me, well, what's your opinion of a film? And, and I'm very – I try not to give my opinion of films in my show, uh, and there's a reason for that, and, and that's because I, I don't I don't want to express my opinion with my guests. You know I mean? I don't want to have to say right. your movie sucked or your movie was great. I just want to talk about what they did with their movie. You know, and if a movie was a critical success or not, is to me an issue. But having that critical sensibility to be able to look at a film and to go, hmm, you know, what was it about? And is it good or bad? And do I like it or not like it? Is is a is a specific skill and a set of skills. So, how did you decide you wanted to be a, a film critic? Well, I would rather, of course, be in films and uh, be actually doing something. Uh, something very uh, closer <laughs> to, you know, like acting or screenwriting or directing. Directing, wouldn't that be great? But, uh, of course, that was well, out of the question for me. But I'm gonna, I've I'm always, gonna, I'm gonna you, uh, the first Betty, memory, yes. I'm just going to stop you right now and say that any filmmakers who listen to this interview know now that they can cast you, if nothing else, as a film critic in their movie or as a, radio host or as a commentator i mean you you already have that so it's a no-brainer for casting oh, and then yay. anything else <laughs> any, so anything else so any glad. any any other part will get you on the set and get you in movies <laughs> i will do anything yeah that's right except, all right except fly somewhere but but uh in all seriousness i the first memory that i ever had um and this is very, very strange. It, I must have been about six years old, and um, I was uh, peeking out from under the theater seat uh, at Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein. Well, that wasn't the original, uh-huh. but it was. It was the first, uh, I think, talkie with with Boris Karloff, and I was scared to death. But I was fascinated, so I was peeking out, and I was frightened, but I was fascinated by the by the image on the screen. And I've been a confirmed movie addict since I was six years old, and um, it's mostly what I wanted to talk about with people, and and wanted to go to movies. And no matter what I was doing, um, everyone would would ask me what I thought about movies. I mean, whether I was a teacher or a counselor or a dean. <laughs> and I just, you know, lived and breathed movies for, for all of my life. So when I retired uh, from uh, San Diego Mesa College, uh, I just decided, well, here I have a lot of time on my hands because uh you know, I don't have eight hours of work that I have to do, and I want to see as many movies as possible, of course, because I had time on my hands. And then I thought, well, but I don't have people, you know, people aren't coming, people aren't, I don't have people, you know, around me that I'm getting to talk about movies, but I do have people calling me still. You know, what movie should they see, or, or what was this movie like, what was that movie like? 
And so I thought, well, and I loved writing. I've always loved writing. So I thought, well, I'll just, maybe I could just, you know, write my opinions and send them to some outlets and see if they would, if they were, if they're worth anything. And I took a, a course called, um, yeah, film reviewing from the Learning Annex in San Diego. David Elliott was a, a very well respected critic who taught the course, and he seemed to think my first review was of Atlantic City because that's what he, the Susan Sarandon and Burt Lancaster movie. Right. And, um, and David seemed to think that my review uh, showed some promise, and so I started writing reviews and sending them off to. Uh, some of the newspapers in San Diego that uh, didn't have a critic because I wasn't looking to get somebody else's job. And so lo and behold, I was ending up there writing for maybe about six or seven of the little local newspapers, and I became, I I then got credentials to, um, you know, to go to the screenings and to start interviewing Stars and oh man, I was in seventh heaven. So that's how that all—that's how, how that all started. And so I've been doing that ever since. So even though I'm retired from the field of education, well, I'm still teaching with the online course. But uh, it's been all uh, pretty much all movies ever since, and I'm just loving it. Wow, that's very, very, very cool. Um, so, what are some of the uh... The, the pros and cons of being a a film critic. Well, let's 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 start. That's a good. There. <laughs> that is a good. That is a good question, Rex. And um, if you're somebody like me and and you love movies, and then also uh, you have a passion for writing, it's very satisfying. So that would be that would be the most important. Uh, pro I think for uh, being a film critic and you have the opportunity to attend free screenings for many films once you're once you become a bona fide critic and then you get to interview actors and other film related personnel and of course that's that's really wonderful if you if you do love movies and then you become eligible for membership in various film critics uh groups so all of those things, I think, are what I consider the uh, the best part about being a film critic. And um, okay, what's what don't I like about it? Deadlines. <laughs> deadlines are really, and uh, you well know about deadlines too, because getting everything ready for your show. Um, I and then you get um, hate mail. Naturally, because people love their movies, and if you make a criticism about a movie that they love, they're uh, you're apt to get hate mail. And of course, I think I, I'm interested in hearing from uh, people who read my reviews, and I like to hear different opinions about movies. So I try to, when I get the hate ma- mail, I try to encourage communication and uh, try to diffuse the situation. And then there are uh, embarrassing moments that happen to a film critic, and um, sometimes those are in print. (laughs) I mean, if you've made a mistake or if you put a a different person, (laughs) you've got the wrong wrong name for the person who played a certain character. Oh, that is totally embarrassing. And, uh, of course, the pay is not 
good. There are some film critics like Roger Ebert, I'm sure, that are that are making a, a good living at it. And um, sometimes you just have you just have to you just have to write about movies, and you just have to volunteer them. That's what I started out doing, saying, you know, I just want to see my work in print. So I think those would be the major uh, negative aspects of being a film critic. But the the benefits and advantages of being a, a film critic for somebody who loves movies and writing and talking about them, it's just uh it's just the thing the thing that um that you wanna do. Now, is that pretty much what you were looking for, things like that, Rick? Yeah, that's that's a great answer. So nobody's walked up and knocked your hat off or or anything, but they've sent you hate mail. Um, excuse me, uh would you repeat that question? I said nobody walked up to you and knocked your hat off. They, they, but they have sent you hate mail. Oh, hate mail! Oh, yes, and uh, some of them are are really interesting. And um, I mentioned when we we have one of the sessions in um, the online course about mm-hmm. uh, handling negative feedback uh, because some of these are are pretty funny. And here's here's one um, for the day after tomorrow. Uh, you're a lousy film critic, but a great comedian is what one one person wrote me. And this was after reading the review of the day after tomorrow. And um, so uh, when he said you're a lousy film critic, but a great comedian, then here's what I wrote back. Thanks for reading my review of the day after tomorrow and for sharing your reactions with me. As Gene Hagen said in Singing in the Rain, if we bring a little joy into your humdrum lives, it makes us feel as though our hard work ain't been in vain for nothing. And seriously, your message includes the wittiest and probably most perceptive call down I've received in a long time. And so then I did get... uh, uh, a reply to uh, you know the, they answer back then the then the people answer back if you if you write letters like that and I'll never forget how upset someone got um about my review of the ring uh-huh. and sometimes as a reviewer you just have to be creative you get tired of you know writing formula reviews and so I just made a, a parody, a little parody about a movie I was making, you know, that w- was kind of like The Ring. And then one fan of the movie stated, you're just trying to be clever and prove you're smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> I had to go back and reread what I wrote. And then I I had to apologize to that person for not including a disclaimer and explaining that the piece was meant as a as a parody, and then I gave a link to um, uh, to Jeffrey Chen's review on our site. That was that was a re- you know a regular review. Uh-huh. But the most vicious hate mail that I ever received was from um, someone who read my War of the Worlds review, the one with Tom Cruise. And uh, uh-huh. and he said, you can't be serious about your review of War of the Worlds. I have never, ever seen a critic's review so far off the mark that I cringe as I read it. There is no substance whatsoever in your review. Admit it. You just don't like it, but you certainly cannot put your reasons into anything remotely tangible. Yes, you are nitpicky. I cringe at the thought that you might actually get paid to be a movie critic. If you do, then I still have I still have a chance to be a paid brain surgeon. <laughs> so, what could you reply to that? I said, "Dear James, I'll try to do better." Cordially, 
And so then he wrote back, I'm sorry I was so mean. I had a bad day, but I loved War of the Worlds. I saw it four times already. And so then I wrote him back, no apology necessary. I get just as upset when I read negative reviews about movies I love. You must be a movie addict like me. So that kind of showed me that I, you know, you you never underestimate how much uh, fans love love their movies. Uh, Well, I guess I went to a great extent on that, but... But it is important for uh, critics to know that they're going to get hate mail and to respond in a way that will will not uh, encourage, you know, the hate, but will will start a communication going. And I do enjoy that a lot. I have a question. Do you ever get hate mail for something you like that they thought was bad? That's interesting. For some, I, I think that there have been. Uh, you've heard of the site Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. For where I, I am a uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic. I mean, I'm up on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh-huh. sometimes when I put a blurb for something that I like, then you'll get the the little remarks about, uh, you know, you must be a moron to like that film, <laughs> things like that. But. That's that's expected on on Rotten Tomatoes because the site sort of thrives on getting feedback on the on the reviews. So uh, so yes, and of course um, that's that's something that uh, that you expect. What what you know? See, I, I suspect. I mean, people are revered or they're feared or they're liked and accepted. I think, you know, any reviewer, you know, if you're a film critic, a Broadway critic, a music critic, whatever, um, you know, it's it's a risky it's a risky place to be because you're venturing an opinion. And in your case, I mean, you're a movie lover. You see all these movies, you know, you've been thrilled with, you know, uh, mesmerized and thrilled with films since the youth, you know, and you're writing about things that you love. And you, you have built this incredible, you know, life experience of, of seeing movies and comparing movies and then writing about what you like and, and, and maybe what works and what doesn't work or what you don't like, you know, and yet filmmakers, what about filmmaker? You know, you ever get any kind of comment from the filmmaker who goes, because they go, but that's my film and you don't understand it or, or have you been left alone by filmmakers? Well, no, um, I sometimes get, um, positive feedback from filmmakers um more, i have more fi- more i have more positive reviews than than negative reviews because uh-huh. uh, just as you said i am a, a more a film fan than you know that that comes through that that comes through loud and clear and so i have heard back from filmmakers who have uh told me that my you know that that review really you really got the film, you know. They'll tell they'll tell me something like that, and they appreciate the review. And then they'll ask to use the blurb on the, you know, on the uh, poster or the or the DVD cover, that kind of thing. So I have heard back. I haven't heard anything negative back from uh, filmmakers about reviews that I've that I've done. But that's that's a very good question. I mean, well, I mean, it it would. I would think if you're a filmmaker, you would have more tact. You know, you would you would understand politically, if nothing else, that better to to say nothing if someone doesn't like your work than to you know to to lash out, and 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 certainly if someone likes your work, to 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 thank them for for the 
comments. So how do you how do you go? I've, I've got actually I want to ask a question from the chat room. It's a, it's a very interesting question, and then I have another one of you. Um, and uh, it's talking progressive says has Betty Jo noticed a big change in viewers' taste between older moviegoers and younger moviegoers? And didn't all ages used to go to movies together? I mean, in the 30s and 40s, you had probably more family oriented films or family outings than we do today. So um want to venture an opinion on that? Oh, um, yes, that's that's very, very uh, perceptive, talking progressive. Yeah. I think that must be Vicky from Greece who's asking the question. <laughs> and uh, um, yes, I, I have noticed a, a change, definitely a change. And uh Sometimes not for the not for the best. I think people who can stand the we're more and more getting the uh, shock and awe in the in the movies uh, rather than um, the, like the classic movies, like you said in the, in the 30s and uh, 40s. But we're still get we're still getting enough of the movies that are uh, that are humanistic and that um, deal with uh, important universal themes. That uh, I haven't I haven't given up on them, and I almost gave up on on 3D until I saw Hugo, uh, because the younger viewers are just really into uh, 3D, and uh, I tried to see 3D, but my eyes don't adjust to 3D until I went uh-huh. to Hugo, and and I don't know there must have been something about the maybe and maybe they've uh, improved the procedure and i thought it was just fabulous i just felt i was right there so i hope 3d when they if they keep up with the 3d um then maybe i'll be able to be a little more uh, uh, a little more positive about uh, the future of films but um i think that the question is you know have have there been changes in what what the audience is uh why yeah, the movie back door, in the thirties yeah. and forties. And I think that the change is that the um that the younger viewers do go for the you know, the special effects and the um and the new technologies and, and some of some of us older uh folks haven't haven't kept pace with that. So I'm I'm trying and um, now that I know that I that three D can be viewable for me, I'm I'm really excited to to see some more Films that are that have the the best of the uh, of the 30s and 40s in them, as well as the new the new uh, technologies. Okay, well that's that's very cool. That's that's a, a good answer. When when as 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 a film critic, you and you do offer a, a teaching course at it, and one of the segments is about developing a philosophy of review. Uh, I suppose that goes into you know what we were talking about before. You know about whether you like something or don't like something, what you focus on or what you emphasize, and and, and what your overall guiding principles are for having you know a review about the movie going experience. Can you can you give us some bullet points or some tips or suggestions about the, uh, developing that that philosophy or or what you mean by that? Well, I have to admit, first of all, that I that I. Um, I enjoy films for their entertainment value primarily, and um, I think that's that's clear when you read some of my rever- reviews. That's that's what I'm looking for. But 
I still like uh, <laughs> to look for um, cinematic artistry in the film. I look for involving uh, an involving story, uh, cinematic artistry, and um, believable performances. And those are the three things that I that I look for. And so my philosophy um, is to to try and uh, focus in on those uh, three areas and to um, and to give people my opinion as to how the how the how the film stacks up in those areas. So it's not so much giving a review where you have where it's just all negative because a film may excel in one area and not so much in the other. So um, it's a hard question to answer what, what your philosophy is, but I'm looking for an entertaining movie. I'm looking for a movie that entertains, that does what it sets out to do, that has um, a cinematography that's appropriate to what it's trying to do, that is uh, uh, that has some inspiring performances, uh, those kind of things. And... Um, then I try to put a little. Uh, if this, if the film relates to something in my personal life, I try to include that too to make the make the review a little more personal. If at all possible, I include humor. I I sometimes get in trouble over that, but I'm trying to make my review entertaining as well as uh, insightful and enlightening. And so sometimes I do get in trouble with the humor, but I try not to be too snarky with the humor um but again how does this movie uh, make an impression on me as being entertaining and uh, and and have all of the elements that i that i mentioned sometimes i go off the off of that and just a movie absolutely is one that i love so much i, I can't express in a regular review so i'll do a poem about it and um that's what i did with um with the true grit the the remake of true grit and puss in boots and ponyo i think i have about maybe 20 uh poem poems about movies instead of a movie review sometimes i'll i'll just i'll just be as creative as i can for vanilla sky i had um a little scene where i was um being it was a therapy session because of my feelings about Penelope Cruz and, and her performance in that or I'll have conversations between two characters in the movie what they thought about it so there's not a formula that I use but I'm always looking for how entertaining it is and would I like to see it how many times would I like to see it you know and um, not to not to tear down the movie completely does that help? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask this. Do you think that, uh, you know, at one time we used to like to believe, whether it were true or not, because there is the impossible notion that no one can be truly objective. We used to like to believe that our news was being presented as objectively as possible. Do you feel that readers want an objective review or a subjective review? Are they reading because they want your opinion, or are they reading because they're trying to get ferret out whether or not you know this is something they should see from from an objective? So how do you how, what what is the responsibility to the readers regarding that? And and 
Well, they're, you have they're a, probably. A, I'm, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, you didn't. No, you did not at all. Uh, well, not every reader reads for the same purpose. Sometimes they just uh, read a review because they like the style of the reviewer, um, and and I, I would say most want to find out uh, enough about the the film so that they can decide whether or not they want to see it. And that's true, especially now with all because everything is so so expensive. So I would say both both. Um, both reasons for for reading reviews are are true. Now, uh, more and more, though, I think that that viewers are well. They the word of mouth is is very important, maybe more important than than the, the critics' views. And then uh, with the internet and blogs, you know, if you have if you have friends who have uh, opinions. You know they'll they'll go to your blog to find out what you're what you're thinking about it. So so everybody everybody is kind of a critic nowadays with with films. And then the studios put out a lot of information. So so there's more information available now about about movies. And um, so with that, I think um, uh, movie fans like to find critics that they trust. Critics that will be objective, but not so objective that they leave out their own personality and their own likes. I, I think it's important to mention any personal biases that you might have uh, toward uh, a director or a or a or an actor or actress. I, I do that in my movie in my movie reviews because if I'm reviewing a, a film in which uh, Matthew McConaughey has a uh, romantic role it doesn't work for me and that's what i say so people know that i have a bias i think that's only fair so uh, a review i i think you need to be both object you need to be honest in your review but you definitely which means you need to express how you feel about the movie it's your review it's how you saw the movie what you thought was important about it and um and and the if if the people like a certain type of movie they might like this they might like this movie. Wow, well that's very cool. Hey Betty Joe, you know what? I'm gonna need to take a break right now and uh okay. kinda of catch people up. This is kind of a station identification break. I also need to kind of announce or not kind of announce, I will announce that there seems to be some issues with the chat room. I don't know if people are still in it or not. I've been booted from the chat room myself and cannot get back. Oh no. So I've tried. I've tried now to go through the 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 website. You know, go to uh, the player and and if you're listening to this live, if you've never been there before, if you have, you go to the player and somehow under the player the chat room appears. Well, it's not appearing. But what I do see is the comment window now, and there are comments from people who have been listening live and saying hello and things like that. So I do know that you can leave comments while the show Great. is going on. So I always encourage people to leave comments at the comment window during the show. And, and depending on their browser, sometimes the, the, the comment window isn't obvious until after the player closes down. So whether you have to wait to the end of the show to leave a comment or if you can do it during uh, the live show, uh, we surely appreciate that. And also please live tweet or put it on your Facebook walls and, and share these URLs and these interviews with my guest Betty Joe with, with everyone far and wide. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's my name. 
And I'm going to tell you about my upcoming guest, Cassidy McMillan, is coming back tomorrow, Friday, February 3rd. We did a very important discussion on her, uh, starting on her documentary feature called Rats and Bullies. It's about bullying and bully side. And if you don't know what bully side is, it's suicide as a result of being assaulted by uh, bullies. Uh, this is a critical issue going on in our country and around the world. We talked on, on Tuesday about that topic in and of itself. If you haven't heard that show, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. And please do spread this everywhere to schools, to parents, to friends, to kids who are suffering, um, because the topic in and of itself, it is critical to get it out. And then tomorrow we're going to talk about the making of the documentary film. I'm sure we'll talk about some of the important points again, but we're going to talk about her work as a filmmaker. Coming up on Monday, the 6th of February, is Jeff Greenstein. He's the director of films of TV series like uh, Parenthood, Will and Grace, Friends, uh, Desperate Housewives. He's also working with Jane Spenson and Jeff Cheeks, uh, uh, writing and, and producing and directing the web series Husbands, the series. And he's coming up on Monday. Joe Dante, you know him from Piranha and Gremlins and Masters of Horror and in many, many movies from the 70s on, uh, starting at New World, uh, working with Spielberg, and, and now his own company, uh, all these years. Joe Dante will be with us on the 7th of February. And then on the 9th of February, the Friday, is Peter Marshall. He will be back. We'll be at Part 16 for the Director's Series. And this is an important series for directors and filmmakers because we're breaking down the screenplay for the director, uh, we're talking about camera and how to shoot actors while they're on the set with the camera and uh, and getting performances from the actors. So uh, you're going to want to listen to those. Then we're on hiatus for a couple of weeks while I'm back in Los Angeles on business, and then we'll come back. So during those weeks, go back and listen to all the archives and catch up on your interviews. We're talking with Betty Jo Tucker, film critic and author, here today, and uh, I'm having an enjoyable time with Betty Jo. Uh, I, I think that's really interesting because um, – you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, everybody comes to, uh, you know, a review or a film. I, I've always said this, for example, Betty Joe, you and I go sit in a movie and uh, we watch the film and uh, you love it and I hate it. We walk out and we say why. That says more about us than it says about the film. I mean, in other yes, words, that's, a, that's a good point. Yes. And we, um, my husband and I, uh, have, that happens to us very, very often. And um, I did, Rex, if you don't mind, I, I forgot to mention that when I'm writing yes. a, a review, I, I do like to offer more than an opinion. I, I sure. attempt to give the reader something to think in terms, uh, think about in terms of what matters in a film, but I try to do it with a different twist whenever possible. And and I and when people disagree with me, I want them to have at least have a better understanding of their own values and opinions and beliefs uh, based on what I you know what I have made them think about as a result of my review. But most of all, I hope they are enlightened and entertained, and so that um, entertainment streak is in me um, in in every review that I write. The last one I wrote, I think, was about War Horse, and uh, I started it out by saying, darn you, Steven Spielberg, you made me cry again. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, so I just try to put in, you know, and I don't like it when, when I have to cry in a movie, but he does, that War Horse did it, did it to me. So there's always something in there. 
you know that that is a, shows the the humorous side, and that I'm I'm particularly interested in the entertainment value of the of the film. So I I just wanted to make that clear. Well, that, that is that is that I mean, from what I gather, you know, you you said that there's, you, you focus on on the, the cinematic aspects of the movie. You focus on on whether the story is well constructed and whether the performances are good. And mm-hmm. and then you you try and have something that's entertaining and insightful for the the viewer. It's not just a a list of of of, of facts. You're trying to make a, a a nice a nice necessarily, but you're trying to make an a, 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 an enjoyable read for the person who's yeah. reading the review. And then you're also offering your opinion, you know, uh, yeah. about why things worked or why they didn't work. And um, I mean, it seems that I mean, a lot of people are saying right now, if you want to get into journalism, if you want to get into the film business, you know, you should be a film reviewer, you know, because one, it forces you to watch movies, which makes sense. If you want to be in the film business, you should watch movies, you know, and then you're expressing your opinion. So you're you're having to examine things with a critical filter and you're having to say this worked or that. How about this? And this is this is one of the uh, this is a bone of contention that I have with with when I've watched certain reviewers on TV who will go nameless. They get all the way through this review, and then they go, well, you know it would have been better if it was about two salesmen in Louisiana instead of these uh, people on a boat out in the in the ocean of California. And I go, what the how, how, do you, how do you come up with something? Or, you know, or it would have been better if the ending had left us this way, you know, as opposed to that way. And I'm like, you're not really reviewing what's there then. If you're suggesting, you know, what you're doing, you're acting as a screenwriter and going, my my script is better than your script. You know, I got the better Guilty. Guilty oh, as charged, Rex. Oh, okay. I do that sometimes, well, I, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I, imagine it's, I imagine it would be an occupational hazard to, to suggest yeah. how it could be different. I know, but, uh, I know. Maybe we are, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, people who review movies, maybe film critics, are kind of uh, uh, frustrated screenwriters. I, I certainly uh, have a lot of admiration for screenwriters, but I don't know how I don't know how to do that, and my mind doesn't uh, doesn't you know work that way. But um, but maybe we do have have that little that little uh, wish that we could we could be screenwriters. You know what I love about you, Betty Jo, is that you are so candid and so open. You know, you you start off the interview and you go, "Look, here's the negative feedback I got." And when I say, "You know, I you know I watch these people on TV and they do this," you go, "Oh, I'm guilty of doing that too." I mean, that's that's really cool. I mean, that's, that's a very humble characteristic and in an in in open and frank characteristic. I can understand why you know your reviews are good and why people also enjoy and like them because of that aspect of you. Um, well, if they do. You're so nice, but if if they do, then uh, I hope they'll I hope they'll um, buy um, Confessions of a Movie Addict, my Life at the Movies uh, memoir, which is a, my life story with everything but the movies edited out. And if they like uh, if they like to laugh and um, also like movies, I think that that's a book that they would enjoy very much. Well, you know, this is the perfect segue, too, because I was going to, that was actually what I wanted to come to next was your writing books, and you've done four. You've done, you know, the the autobiographical, you know, My Life is a Movie Addict, your book. You've done uh, a a book on Susan Sarandon. You've done the film uh, reviewer's uh, course book, 
and then and then you've done this love story that you've co-written with your husband um as well uh could you tell us about your writing process and and let's start with uh, your own um uh, journey of the movie addicts well that's interesting um before i start with that i have to talk a little bit about the uh, about it had to be us because that's that okay. actually started the book the book writing and um i do want to uh, mention that uh, I'm very happy to uh, invite your listeners to be a part of our Valentine's Day giveaway book drawing, which um, we will we will be uh, doing on Movie Addict headquarters, and it it will uh, the drawing will will be taking names of, of people who want to have their names in the drawing to get a free copy of It Had to Be Us. And we thought that was quite appropriate for Valentine's Day. One a person who, uh, a radio host, Dan Grady from Louisiana Live, when that book first came out, he called it the Valentine Book of the Year, and that was a few years ago, but I think it's still appropriate for Valentine's Day. And if um, you would like to have a free copy of It Had to Be Us, would you just send me an email at realtalk at comcast.net and that's r e e l real talk at comcast c o m c a s t dot net and uh in the subject area put book drawing and then um we will put your name in our drawing and um the we will be collecting names until the last day of uh Valentine's week so that would be February 17th. So I hope that um, that some of your listeners, Rex, will will take part in this Valentine's Day giveaway. But anyway, that that book was written by my husband and me because people were always asking us, "How in the world did you two get back together after being estranged and divorced for almost 20 years?" And so. Wow. Um, we start we decided well i i would take the key events and write my opinion and he and then he would write his opinion larry would write his opinion and then we would you know share them with the people who were who were asking well we i workshopped it on the zoetrope virtual studio online and uh, uh, someone saw it there and said that should be that should be uh that should be a book that should be that should be published so it did get published and um then the romance club took it over and made an ebook out of it that won the um won the ebook book of book of the year at the at the Hollywood Book Festival and then <laughs> the long story short um publishing company uh put it on Kindle just I think it was last year or the year before, so it's available on Kindle, but it's an extended version who with which also includes a, a honeymoon revelation and twenty five uh reviews of my favorite of my favorite uh, val- uh, favorite romantic movies so it it still has to do with it still has to do with uh, with movies. And wow. so, uh, so when that book got published, then then the publisher asked me to write another book, and that was so emotional to write this this book. Although it although it was it's very humorous and very romantic, but it was very emotional to write it. Uh, I said, well, 
uh, I asked my husband if he wanted to write another book, and he said, no, that's it. <laughs> so I told the publisher, well, I'll do one, but it has to be something that, you know, that's more fun. And so they said, okay, write about your you in the movies. And so that's how Confessions of a Movie Addict came about. And Rex, that book wrote itself. <laughs> it was just, I just took every, I mentioned to you about Frankenstein being the way that I got uh -huh. interested in movies. And it just went from there through through high school and, you know, through the through the rest, rest of my life, all of the, uh, all of my all of my personal stories that had to do with uh, with movies and there's nothing in the book that doesn't have to do with movies and it's just uh, very humorous in fact uh, one reviewer said if oscars were given out for the funniest book of the year confessions of a movie addict would win hands down and of course that really made me happy and i i get so pleased when i hear from readers who say that that, that this book really made them laugh and it also serves as a resource book for some movie fans who uh, because I did include uh, movie reviews from the, the first from the first millennium and that that's included in the book too so that's how I got started writing and then they said well and well we want you to write another another book and the publisher was a um liked Susan Sarandon and so uh -huh. I took that one on and that was that's a whole year out of my life because I had to do a lot of research on that uh, book. It's not a biography, but it's an analysis of uh, Sarandon's career from a film critic's perspective. And of course, I had to do a lot of interviews and a lot of research on that uh, particular book. And I was really pleased when that got um, when that one uh, actually was got honorable mention at an, at the New York Book Festival. So so that really thrilled me and um so that's and then of course the the real the writing about movies real to real book is just uh six lessons from the course that I teach for the online uh for the long story short uh school of writing so that's kind of a a summary of the of the book writing and uh right now I'm in the midst of trying to complete a children's book called The Ruby Slippers Caper. And um, I'm I'm trying to unleash my 12-year-old <laughs> to write that. So uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted on that one when it, when it gets finished. Wow, that's very cool. Well, well, I've managed to – I've changed browsers. I've gotten into the chat room. Uh, I'm not able to go all the way back through the chats, but there are a flurry of comments about how much the – the listeners are enjoying you, and and people who have read your books love your books, and uh, and uh, so it's very cool. And I'm glad that I I, oh. I managed to get back in that very, uh, very so cool. nice. Thank you so much. Somebody somebody asked a question, and, and I will ask this question of you, and that is, um, what do you think about TV shows that become movies? There's you know we've been in recent years we've been doing a lot of those, and do you have an opinion on that? Oh yes, um I don't have have anything against that because um I was surprised at how much I enjoyed and and many critics did not um the movie Bewitched with uh Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman and I know that got called down quite a bit but I I enjoyed it and also Starsky and Hutch I thought was was very was very well done 
so it just uh, i i guess it's just a matter of whether of of whether the the movie is is a quality movie and um there's good there's good stuff on television that you know cries to be on the big screen so i have no problem with with that at all i'm really happy when it when when i see something that's uh, that's well done and that and that i enjoy oh and i should mention the muppets the last muppet movie was just great and there was a lot of nostalgia in that i guess it wasn't a re, you know actual remake but but these are the these were originally tv characters and i thought it was it was just great awesome can you um tell us a little bit more about the susan sarandon book i mean in, in this case you were doing an analysis of her achievements from 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 your own film cr- critics perspective um Yes, this. How does that work for you? I mean, in other words, uh, I have the book. I got to. I got to be honest. I have not yet read it, but I have it. I mean, I have it actually sitting right next to me here. You you know, and we, you know, we've been in touch for what, maybe two years, a year or two, or something like that. And and it's taken this long for us to schedule. (laughs) So uh, I'm glad that that we did. And and I had meant to get to read the book prior to us talking, and it's just been one of those. but I, I was thrilled when you sent me the book, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pour into them now. But uh... well, I have to tell you first of all about um, about this about this book. A lot has happened since I since I wrote it. I think it was I think it was be it was uh, before Susan and Tim <laughs> broke up. So oh okay. But it uh-huh. but it's it was um, I I really admire Susan Sarandon. As an actress, and um, because she's so candid and concerned about uh, what's happening in the world, and, and she's very, very controversial to write about. My problem with writing this book um, was that that uh, when I would try to contact people who knew Susan Sarandon, it was it was difficult because uh, they were, you know. People would assume that this was going to be maybe an attack on uh-huh. her, and and they were afraid to you know to say anything. So, but luckily, I did have I have met Susan Sarandon, and I I interviewed her personally, not for this book, but for other articles that I was doing. So I had uh, some personal knowledge of, of Susan Sarandon, and I was at the Taos Film Festival when she was awarded the the Maverick award. So I knew a little bit about why she was, you know, why she was a maverick. I I knew about her films. But imagine my surprise when I found out that she didn't that there was no annotated film uh, biography of her. So I actually wrote the first annotated film biography of Susan Sarandon and included it in my book. But my Lord, she has uh, such memorable performances in films like Thelma and Louise and Dead Man Walking oh, right. and Bull Durham and Atlantic City and Lorenzo's Oil. And it's uh, she just can play just about anything. And uh, so I just took questions like... Uh, why did Sarandon choose acting as a career? What is her acting philosophy? How does she select roles? What motivates her to promote social and political causes? Why do some people object to this? And how do critics rate her work and her and her movies? And I have a, a chapter, you know, where her critics speak out. So we, it's not all it's not completely positive. 
and then I, I was able to talk some of, to talk to some of the people who had worked with her, like Barry Bostwick, and um, the uh, and the Adams sisters, Brooke Adams. So I have, uh, and then Augusta Ladoni, who heads up the Myelin Project, that's working on research for the disease that was depicted in Lorenzo's oil. Um, gave me a wonderful interview about Susan Sarandon, who played uh, his wife in the movie, and that just inspired me so much that I, I decided to donate uh, my author's royalties to the Myelin Project. I wanted to do something. By the way, all of my books, um, my author's royalties are donated to various projects. The uh, Confessions of a Movie Addict, um, the Kindle version, that is um, – my author's royalties go to the Film Foundation. That's uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, organization that dedic uh, is dedicated to preservation of film. And uh, it had to be us. Our royalties from that go to uh, the Imagination Library, which is part of the Dollywood Foundation, and that's a, a children's liter literacy project. But on Susan Sarandon, I did send her a copy of the book. You know, this is not authorized. I sent her a copy of a book of the book. I haven't heard from her, but um my husband says you're lucky she hasn't sued you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think she would do that. <laughs> I guess I'm I guess I'm home free. It's been a few years now. And somebody said, "Well, why don't you update the book?" You know, but it is what it is and you know, you have to look at your copyright date to to see you know, if these things are still hold true. I, I was so sorry when I heard that she and Tim Robbins broke up because I I thought they were a perfect couple, that they were very good for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, there's so many in Hollywood that do, and it's so sad when it happens. And in some cases, maybe they're better off. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I have no clue. Um, uh, but that, but so, so there's... Let's talk a little bit now just about the real deal, the writing uh, uh, writing about movies, because you have a number of things that you address. I mentioned some of them a little bit before, but let me kind of, for people who may be interested, they can get this course online. You, you have it at your website under, I believe, books, and uh, your first session is developing and reviewing philosophy, and you talk about, uh, you know, some of the things we talked about, like objectivity versus subjectivity and film knowledge, and and then you got this second session, deciding what matters about film. Uh, and the third part, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Third is organizing and writing review. Fourth is dealing with the negative feedback. Fifth is conducting celebrity interviews. So let me let me ask you about though the deciding what matters about a film. You've got art, you know, versus business and universal themes or personal and social impact. Can you address some of these production values? You know, when when you're looking at a movie and you're writing about it, how how do you decide what uh, you want to comment on? Well, it's the it's it's the film itself. Uh, it you know if 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 the film is primarily a um, special effects, I mean if 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 it's uh -huh. if it's just or or if it's a, a film dealing with a with an important. Uh, you know an important theme it's the mo it's the movie will the movie will uh bring out what what you need to analyze uh with it but i there 
there are really so many things that you can comment on about uh, a movie other than the acting. I have to admit, though, that I'm quite uh, partial to talking about performances and uh, I sometimes performances and uh, direction are the things that I that I comment on more more than any more than anything else. And I, I think I don't think that I'm the only one, you know, <laughs> who does that. But if you have a movie like um, I'm trying to think, Hero. Mm-hmm. Now, are you familiar with that movie or Zhang Yimou? I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correct. But you're going to talk about you're going to talk about the visual aspects of that of that uh, movie, and if you have a movie like um, Simon Birch, you're going to talk about universal themes about what it what it's like to be different. Because uh, if you remember in Simon Birch, he's he's just a tiny little tiny little guy that becomes becomes a hero and and what he has to put up with uh because of his difference and that's a universal theme or if you if you're watching Lorenzo's oil and then writing a review of it you're going to talk about the personal personal and social impact because that's that's a film that shows the power of movies to change people's lives for the for the better uh because it's based on a true story that makes it even better and uh it was it was just so hard to watch but it was just so compelling and so inspirational um if you remember that it's based on the on this true story of parents who refused to give up when the doctors told them there was no hope for their ailing son and then if uh, i always want to comment on the plot and the character arc uh because sometimes there are a lot of plot holes <laughs> And character arcs go nowhere, uh, so you want to make sure that you let listeners know about those two two uh, things, and they matter definitely matter about a, a film. I think that's that's something that people are complaining about with the Tree of Life, that that was a gorgeous, gorgeous film, but but the you know but what was actually happening there, and uh, so that is, is would be something that would would be mentioned and the production values how does it look um and of course i mentioned directing and and cinematography the art direction more and more is becoming important in terms of the of films and i keep thinking about um cinderella man i mean that goes back a while with russell crowe uh, because it just had everything you know the period, period costumes and the sort of the feeling that you were back there during that time most of uh, Clint Eastwood's movies do such a great job in terms of art direction and the editing do certain scenes run too long or or some of them too short i i always like to say something about background music and of course i mentioned before about the performances so so the movie itself will kind of cry out to you what what needs to be discussed, you know, whether it was there or whether it was lacking. And um, so those are some of the things that we cover in that session with the students who are enrolled in uh, in the real deal. 
that is amazing. I was I, while you were talking, I was thinking, you know, you could take any one of the topics that you list here, or any aspect of film, and and you know, people in in, in film school or 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 in a literature class or in a journalism class could write complete you know thesis about, for example, a compare and contrast uh, about the universal themes in the popular movies today or movies of the 40s or or you pick any decade or any genre and you could say uh, you know what's the social impact of these films and you could write about each of these films or you could you could discuss just the plots of the different movies and how they're alike or how they're different or or you know the uh, production values of movies or direct i mean any aspect of film you could editing you could you can have a whole a whole book on how these films were edited and whether it was successful or not successful in terms of cutting based on, you know, I mean, in assembly based on all these different facets. Uh, it, it, uh, it really does open up a whole world of, of, of ideas and, and ways of looking at film. I have always encouraged people. I said, when I was a film, a young filmmaker and a film fan, I would go to movies five, 10, 15 times, whatever I had to. to and both movies I liked and movies I hated to discover why I liked them and why I hated them and to try and put on different hats. I would try and sit there as an actor looking at the acting. I'd try and sit there, imagine I was a writer looking at the writing. I'm trying to imagine I'm the director looking at the directing. I'm trying to imagine I'm the art director being, you know, or the editor, why did I cut things together this way? So that I could develop different sensibilities about the different facets of filmmaking. And 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 what you've just said about, you know, deciding what matters in a film and and uh, and writing reviews. What a what a wonderful place for people to start, not only to to be film critics, but just to develop their hone their sensibilities about film. So I really appreciate uh, what you said there, Betty. I think that is fantastic. Well, thank you, and I like your technique of trying to imagine that you're. Uh, this is the, the role that you're going to be playing with that film, you know, the director or the editor or the or uh, some of, some other person associated with it. So that that makes sense to me too. Well, and I want to remind all the listeners that your books are available at your website. It's bettyjoetucker.com, and all four books are there, including the one we're talking about, which is the the, the um, real. Uh, deal writing about movies. There's it had to be us, the one that you mentioned, the love story that you've written, and and there yes, is and a Valentine's that, and we giveaway. And, and yeah, Valentine's book giveaway. We want to make sure that that your your listeners know if they're interested in being a part of that uh, giveaway. To be sure to send me an email at Real Talk R E E L T A L K at Comcast dot net with book drawing in the subject area, and uh, let me know if you're interested in being added to the drawing. Absolutely. because And I tweeted about it uh, when you mentioned it earlier. I didn't put your email in the tweet. I just said that the details were during the show and that people could listen live or archive. Um, this has been fascinating, Betty. I mean, it really, truly is fascinating. And and if you were to advise like for, uh, a, a question, which presupposes, that uh, you know, a filmmaker could say, you know, what I want to appeal to a critic. You know, you couldn't appeal to all the critics because we would never ever end up um, being able to, you know, make something. But if let's say a filmmaker, says, you know, I want I want to make a movie that Betty Joe likes. Uh, you know, I want to win her approval. What what surefire things should this person do or include? 
um, make a musical. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely, I love musicals, uh, and there aren't. I mean, there are not enough of them. I, of course, I grew up on the, on those uh, wonderful uh, musicals, and uh, oh, Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland, whenever they would uh, say, "Let's put on a show," you know, and then they, I didn't care that the plot was, you know, the same <laughs> in all the movies, but as long as it had singing and dancing. So the first, so yes, make a musical. I'm so upset with Hugh Jackman. Because he had promised that he was going to be doing all these musicals, and then what does he do? He comes up with Real Steel, which I did love, but I, I, I wish that he would, you know, he would do more movie musicals. But I, I love him in whatever, when he, whatever he does. But I, I really want to see more musicals. And how do you feel about musicals? Me? Oh, I love musicals. Uh, you know, I grew up the same way. You know, West Side Story. Uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, uh, you know, Singing in the Rain. One of my favorites, Yay, actually. My favorite, is, is, my favorite all-time movie, Singing in the Rain. Well, my oh one my of my gosh. favorite favorite movies was The Milkman with Donald O'Connor and Jimmy Durante, which is which is very tough to find. Um, which was a song and dance movie, you know, about a, a Donald O'Connor plays a milkman, and so and and two of my favorite comedians uh, that. Now, thanks to the internet, more people are aware of. But when I was growing up, I couldn't find anybody that knew of them. Was Bert Wheeler and Robert Wolsey, and they always had yeah. song and dances and, and things. So from Rio Rita, which was the first, 1929 had the first colorized section in a feature film, was the dance production numbers that Wheeler and Wolsey were in in the original Rio Rita. So uh, oh really? So, yeah. So that so I mean it's. Uh, you know, of course, we had to wait for color television in order to know that too. But uh, you know, uh, yeah. So I mean, I love musicals. I and I tend, but I also tend to be a huge mystery, for some reason, cop detective buff. So a suspense movie uh, or suspense books, uh, you know, I, I, I lean towards that genre an awful lot. Not, I'm not a horror fan necessarily, or you know, I like comedies. I like but suspense and musicals, I love if they're done well. Good comedy. Yes, and I like. Um, I'm with you on the suspense. So the second thing would be, you know, make either make a musical or make a suspense thriller. Now mm-hmm. maybe put those two things together, and that would be great, wouldn't it? A musical suspense thriller might be just the yeah. thing that we need. A friend of mine is doing <laughs> the musical version. They haven't done the movie yet, but they're doing. Um, uh, my friend is Doug Stewart, who wrote Officer and a Gentleman, and they are doing uh, Officer and a Gentleman, the musical. So, uh, Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, that will be great. Every... That's on Broadway? That would be on Broadway? Yeah, it would be coming on Broadway. Well, then so, they might. This happens so often. They'll uh, That will go to Broadway, and then someone will pick it up and make a musical of it. And, and I should have mentioned that, um, that uh, Hugh Jackman is – Going to be in the movie Les Miserables, of, based on the on the uh, musical Les Miserables. So that's something to look forward to. Absolutely, and he's doing one of my favorite things. He's he's apparently going to be on Broadway as Houdini in a play about Houdini. I didn't know that. And uh, they released that. And and my first, I became a huge Houdini fan when I was five years old because of Tony Curtis. Yeah. In Houdini. And one of his best, one of his best roles. Yeah, 
And one of his one of ones that they didn't like so much, I guess, was Taurus Bulba. But but between Houdini and Taurus Bulba, it was just and and uh, something's got to give and all the whatever the different movies he did. But I mean, uh, it was a huge Tony Cruz thing. So yeah. uh, let me ask you before we part. We've got maybe about three minutes here. Yeah, oh no, the time went by yeah, so fast. It does. <laughs> you're a great interviewer, Rex. Well, you're you're a great guest because you are also an interviewer, and I want to remind people that Movies Attic Attic Headquarters on Blog Talk Radio. Check out the guests that that Betty Joe interviews. We didn't even get to talk about all of your uh, all of your uh, interviews on air, other than to say that you do them and that you get a lot of impressive guests. So go check that out. But I wanted to ask you in the closing couple of minutes, you got any any feelings about the Academy Awards? Do you do well, share thoughts was, about uh, something like that? They've got uh, some wonderful films were nominated out of the the nine. I'm I'm really happy to see that. I I um I am working on my uh, predictions. I which I, oh, I write for the local newspaper, so I don't. Okay. I probably shouldn't give them give them away no, until no, they're published. I'm I'm very uh, disappointed that only two songs were. Um, nominated because I think every song in the Muppets could have been nominated and I'm I'm very um, uh, disappointed that Ryan uh, Gosling wasn't nominated for Drive I I thought he was just great in that spellbinding and that Tilda Swinton wasn't nominated for uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin but I think they do have some some wonderful performances that were nominated and and some some pictures that that um, I just I thought were were one. Well, how about the person that the Academy the Academy Awards doesn't like? Now we're getting I'm getting a bunch of feedback or static. I don't know if that's a function of the call or if that's. Betty Jo, are you there? I can't. I cannot hear. I do not know. Um, we have had a bunch of breakup right here at the end of this show. Uh, if you can hear me, if anyone can hear me in the chat room, let me know immediately if you can hear me, so I know if I'm talking to you. Been a lot of issues with the uh, blog talk today. And I don't know. I still don't know. What I'm probably going to have to do is close out this call and this show and say thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thanks to Betty Jo. I'm going to have to give her a call back. You can hear me, so somebody can hear me. All right, then I'm talking. Is Betty Jo there? She's Betty Jo is gone. All right, well, Hello. what a marvelous yeah, – now you're there. Are you there, yes, Betty Jo? Uh, things are kind of, kind of uh, going – uh, Wonkers with my uh, phone, but I, I want to thank you so much, Rex. I, I had just a wonderful time talking with you, and congratulations on your on your show and and the lineup of guests that you have. Uh, more power to you. Well, you are a fascinating guest. I've enjoyed it so much. I, I, I as I said, I have your books right with me, right as we speak. I am going to pour into them. I need to do that. I thought that I was just about to ask you. Um, and again, um, go to BettyJoeTucker.com 
and, uh, and check out her books and check out the show, Movie Addicts Headquarters. I was just about to say, what about the, the person that the Academy apparently doesn't like, Albert Brooks? Oh, my gosh, I lost you again. Hello? <laughs> I, I yeah. can't hear. I'm sorry, Rick. So the, I don't think, the it, I don't think it's working. your I don't know if it's your phone or my phone or, or Blog Talk Radio, but there is definitely an issue here. So I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to uh, say goodbye. I'll call you back. We'll see if we could talk privately for a few minutes after the show just to, to, to catch up. And uh, and uh, and uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show with us today. And uh, you're very, very well-respected and very well-liked at the chat room, so I I'm, 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 couldn't be happier. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Gosh, now, now you're back just perfect. So... I better not press her luck. We're almost out of time anyway. Thanks, Betty Jo. And that was Betty Jo Tucker. I don't know what is going on here. I'm assuming you can still hear me. We have had many more exciting guests coming up. Keep in mind that Cassidy McMillan is coming up on the very next show. We're going to talk about uh, Raps and Bullies, the making of the documentary. That's Friday, February 3rd. On the 6th, we have... Uh, Monday the 6th, we've got Jeff Greenstein, director of so many television shows that you're familiar with, Friends, Willie Grace, Parenthood, uh, Desperate Housewives, and others. We've got Joe Dante coming up on the 7th, which is Tuesday, Gremlins, Piranha, Masters of Horror, all sorts of TV shows, you name it. And then we have uh, Peter Marshall coming back on the 9th, and uh, we'll continue with the director series. Now, if you're listening live for the first time ever, uh, please go to the website, RexSites.com, check out the guests, check out the archive shows, and do leave comments wherever you're listening. I found out that on, Fi- uh, on Firefox, you can leave comments while the show is going on. Hey, the case on Safari or some other... Uh, so, but if you can, what I'd like you to do is please leave a comment before you leave about my guests, about the show, uh, what you liked, uh, as a way of enticing other people who are going through things on the Internet or stumble across this to, to read and have some information about that. Do the same at the iTunes store where all of these are, are also available as podcasts. Great review the show. There's over 275 hours of broadcast experts sharing their expertise with you. So please make use of it because Movie Beats is designed to be a resource for you. And it's free. And all we ask of you is that you spread the news. Post it on your Facebook wall, share it with your friends, tweet about it, leave comments, and make it available to others. All right, so you can become a friend of Rex Sykes Movie Beat on Facebook by clicking the like button right there at the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends. Other people use that wall to post about their projects. I post about my projects. There's cast and career news. There's updates on interviews. There's all sorts of different things. So please become a friend at Facebook. You can follow me at Twitter. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT. By the way, I believe that Betty Joe's Twitter address is uh, BJ Tucker on Twitter. BJ Tucker. B-J-T-U-C-K-E-R at Twitter. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.